This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Welcome into a post-game edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast. Muhammad Ahmad with you from Nissan Stadium in the music city of Nashville, joined by Andrew Gillis and Mike Nislik. The Bengals wrap up the month of November with a 7-4 record as they get a big win over the Titans 2016. A game that was anything but pretty, especially from the Bengals' offense in the first half. But Joe Burrow finds a way again without Jamar Chase. The Bengals' defense holds again, this time against the league's best rusher in Derrick Henry. And a lot of things, a lot of elements went into the Bengals for this big victory, but... Man, that I think the defense, we talk about the defense over and over and over again. And, you know, this isn't really a game where they needed that vindication. But what they did to Derrick Henry, every defense, every D-line, let alone every defense, wishes they could do to Derrick Henry what the Bengals did today. Yeah, I, I mean, the Titans had, what do, you, what do you see here, 344 yards of total offense. I mean, Derrick Henry takes a pass, 69 yards. And Traylon Burks gets a long gain for 51. And that's there's it. A, there's 121, there's a, excuse me, 120 yards right there. Um, you know, the, the defense did a really good job. Derrick Henry, 17 carries, 38 yards, 2.2 uh, yards a carry. So he had, and he only had a long of nine. And actually, that might have come on the first play of the game. It did. Oh, it first did. play of the Titans game. First, first play of the, the Titans, yeah. So first play that was the, it. First play of the, uh, for the game for the Titans on offense. Um, so, yeah, they, they really kind of held him in check. Um, yeah, I think it's, it was hard not to be impressed just by really the whole, entire team's physicality. Um, you know, you saw Mike Hilton get into the backfield and making a tackle, and, like, he made it a point to say, you know, I didn't trip him up. I, I brought him down. Um, you know, Cam Taylor Britt was getting involved. Like, linebackers are getting involved. This was a really, really good defensive effort, um, and you're going to need these efforts because, again, you, you played Derrick Henry today. You play the Chiefs next week. They don't have much of a, of a run game uh, to speak of like the, at least the Titans and the Browns do, but you're going to need that same type of group tackling, that same type of effort. Um, you know, Then after the Chiefs game, you're going to play Nick Chubb, who actually is the best running back in the NFL. Um, so, I mean, and even when they played him, they, they actually kind of held him somewhat in check. So, you know, to me, this was a really, really good performance just in the way that you, you could kind of look at a bunch of different things and say, you know, there are mistakes to clean up, but this was a win that you had to have. And we can get into this towards the end of the podcast. But, um, yeah, I mean, the defense is the first thing that jumps off the page. Hard not to be impressed by them. Uh, yeah, you know, um, when you look at the, the box score, uh, the Bengals tied their season high with five punts, had a season high nine penalties, uh, season high 80 penalty yards given up. Uh, put themselves in some really bad situations in the first half. Um, and, you know, the defense kind of came through. Uh, the red zone defense was uh, tremendous. Um, you know, basically uh, Titans were 0 for 3 in the red zone in terms of touchdowns. Had to settle for, for, for field goals, and that was the game right there. Uh, we talk about stopping Derrick Henry. Um, you know, he only had 2.2 uh, yards per carry, uh, 38 yards total. Um, and, and, you know, they didn't need vindication last year. They won that game. But what they talked about during the week was that, 
Um, you know, the, the narrative about Tennessee is that they are the most physical team in football, and the Bengals took offense to that. Uh, the they Bengals did. Took offense uh, specifically, um, and they played that way. Um, and, and the Titans just, you know, offensively, I think we can all agree they're they're kind of a mess without you know Henry doing Derrick Henry type type things. Um, and, and obviously, then you know the Bengals have the advantage because they just have so much talent offensively, even without Jamar Chase uh, and Joe Mixon, where you can rely on a T. Higgins to sort of make those catches down the stretch um, and, and and you know do enough to put you in the lead and win this game. And before we get to the offensive performances of Samaj P. Ryan and T. Higgins, like you just alluded to, Michael, just staying with the defense. I mean, this is the first true game where Cincinnati had DJ Reader back. He did play last week against Pittsburgh, but this is where he really shined. I mean, in the first quarter alone, two drives apart, he swats a pass in each one. B.J. Hill has been known for that, too, more specifically last year, like we saw in the playoffs. But when you have that, you don't just have disruption against Derrick Henry, like you said. That's part of why Tannehill didn't do much. Yeah, like Andrew said, he had the screen pass to Derrick Henry and the long throw to Traylon Burks, but that was it because there was not much he could do. He was flustered. He was scrambling. Sam Hubbard had a sack on him. And when you have that pressure up the middle from Hill and, of course, Reader, yeah, it makes Hubbard's life easier. and makes Hendrickson's life easier. I know the interesting thing, too, is you know normally the Bengals are not a blitzing team. Obviously, that had to change today with Henry. And even as they did more blitzes, I like that they had some disguises in there where they kind of had Hubbard dropping and then Wilson switching spots. And then it just kind of confused the defense a couple times. And that's where they got some of those big stops on Henry and those incompletions from, like I said, Tannehill being flustered. And yeah, I mean, with Cam Taylor Britt and with Eli Apple, I know the big question was how concerned should the Bengals be without Chidobia Wuzier. There was the big play to Burks. There was the big play to Henry. But besides that, Apple, I think, had one of his best games of the year. Taylor Britt was doing everything. Even on that catch, who forced the fumble that was recovered by Tennessee? Britt. He didn't just say, oh, I'm going to just tackle him down. No, he's like, I'm going to tackle him and get the ball out. Because that's the nitty-gritty effort that he's bringing that he knows that Chidubia Wuzier was bringing that isn't there. So, like I said, they didn't need that vindication. But that was just an electric performance from the secondary. Which, again, you still got to deal with Patrick Mahomes. You got to deal with Josh Allen. They got a lot of tougher tests ahead. You know, they're not going to deal with Ryan Tannehill again. I don't know if I'd call... that was impressive. I don't know if I'd call that an electric performance by the secondary. Well, just the the tackling. Nearly 300 yards and, uh, you know... But but that's mostly from two plays, though. A couple explosive... Well, I mean, yeah. So if you take away the loss, they didn't lose. I mean, that doesn't really work. The the, the numbers are what they are. Uh, I thought the secondary played okay. I think you could see the weaknesses. Um, See, that's just window dressing, though. I, I yeah, think, but I mean, if you played the Chiefs like that, you're going to lose the game. No, not the. I'm saying like, with this like, game specifically. I, I think you can't. Like, I mean, that screenplay was a disaster. Sure. And the play downfield uh, also wasn't great coverage. I mean, I think Eli Apple did play well. He knocked a couple balls loose, but I mean, let's not. You know, like let's not overblow it. I mean, they they were okay. I think in the secondary, I, I thought the defensive front um, and the team defense they played in the running game was sort of the story. I thought the secondary played well enough, but I mean, you know, I I think when Lou talks later this week, he'll lament the fact that that screenplay shouldn't have gotten uh, sixty nine yards and a touchdown. He'll he'll say that you know Taylor Britt as good as he does in some of these uh, running situations. You know, it comes down to uh, those those fine details, and so you know, I, I think that the secondary effort was 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 good, was was fine, but I I don't think that was sort of the you know I think they won a couple of those plays back, and and they they could have swung the game the other way. This was ultimately a very close game still, and in those red zone situations, they were just the more physical 
team to stop the run right. and, and, and prevented those touchdowns. So I, I think you could see, you know, when Zach Taylor talked about the Bengals team playing well with the lead, playing well when they score early, um, you know, once th- this became a kind of a back-and-forth game, the Titans couldn't really play the style they wanted to. Um, you know, they had the one long drive, but, but Derrick Henry never sort of got in a, in a roll or rhythm. Um, and you could see what that does to him. I think it gets them out of sync. You know, they're not... You know, having Tannehill be the star, he's not the he can't be Joe Burrow for this team, and and I think you saw it that 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 you know the Bengals kind of dictated what this game looked like by by playing so well against Henry. And, and that's the thing. I know what you mean. I meant in the sense of with this game specifically, where you don't have Chidobe Awuzie, and there was all these concerns about what are they going to do. Absolutely, you want to take back the Henry screen and the Burks catch. But I'm saying if you correct that going into next week and you bring that same, like you mentioned, physicality in the red zone against one of the best red zone teams in the league in Kansas City, then there's reason to hold your head high. But going back to the offense, you know, with P. Ryan, he had that historic game last week, three touchdowns. We talked about that when we were back uh, at Acresher Stadium in Pittsburgh. Wasn't quite that performance today, but I mean, the yards he had from scrimmage, running, catching, breaking tackles. You know, he showed he's not just a screen pass catcher. He had a, you know, seven-yard touchdown, and he had a couple other runs in between. They started the game with him, with the screen pass, and they just kept going from there. And I think with P. Ryan, they really look comfortable with him. I think maybe too comfortable to where, I know this was asked to Zach Taylor, if maybe P. Ryan is the guy versus Joe Mixon, who is still in concussion protocol. Obviously, that's why he didn't play. But, I mean, regardless of his health, do you think P. Ryan is the better RB1? Is that to me or to Mike? Either of you guys. I mean, what do you, what do you make uh, so, of that? No, um, Mixon's still your guy, but I think what you've seen over these last two weeks is that you can rely on Samaje for maybe more than you thought you could. Um, you know, I mean, obviously they, they really like him as a pass blocker. Uh, we talked about this on our on our Friday podcast. Like, you know, I want, we wondered what the running back splits were going to be. Um, well, I don't have the snap counts, but Trevon Williams had two carries. Uh, he had one catch. Um, Chris Evans. And it was a was, third down catch yeah, Chris too. Chris Evans was, and he had a really good run. Yeah. Um, that run that he had, I think it was 16 yards, was really, really good, really, really impressive. Um, but they they really kind of only relied on Samaj P. Ryan out of the backfield. Um, Joe Burrow was pretty active running the ball, which I thought was pretty interesting. Four uh, carries, right? Runs, uh, nine carries. Yeah. Uh, nine carries for 32 yards. So um, you know, I think this is one of those games where you know you look at the box score for Tennessee. And, you know, Derrick Henry rushed for 2.2 yards a carry, and you could say that was pretty indicative of the game. Uh, so my J.P. Ryan only had 3.4 yards a carry. I'm not sure that was indicative of how well he ran. Um, I thought he had a really, really good game running the ball just in the way that he was breaking tackles, um, making guys miss. He, he was doing things in between the tackles that you needed him to do. Um, yeah, his average that. got hurt. They were trying to run out the clock on that right. last drive. And, and that's were, right, yeah. And they were all rundowns, and, and, yeah. and he got tackled. Exactly. He I got mean, up to like 65, and then he took two, two losses. Um, but I, I think the, the attempts is where you look at, obviously they felt really comfortable giving the ball. He gave him the ball 17 times as a career high as a Bengal. Uh, you know, most since his uh, 2017 uh, season, I think it was with the Redskins. Um, then the Redskins, yeah. if they were then, I, I, I think they were. seventeen, they were. They were. Yeah. Um, and so, um, and then he still catches uh, four four passes for thirty five yards. Also, had a couple of nice, you know, blocking plays. Still, I mean, yeah, I was surprised. You know, I, I said earlier week that I thought they might uh, go to the other guys, uh, Chris Evans and Travion, to sort of uh, lighten his load a little bit. But he was 
the every down back, essentially. And the other guys, you know, gave him a spell after one long run. Chris Evans made a, a key mistake earlier on offensive <laughs> pass interference. He played one play, I think, the rest of the game. Yeah. Um, but um, I, I think Samadji showed he can do it. I don't know that they'll make the, the switch this this next week or even this year in terms of having him be sort of the primary back. I do think it is proof of concept um, that yeah. when they can average more than uh, four yards a carry – on uh, a uh, consistent basis, you saw a couple weeks ago with Mixon, you know, when it's not that hard, um, that, you know, they, they probably need that kind of going forward. And whether Mixon can do that on a weekly basis, and we haven't seen it this season. He had the one big game and, and really hasn't had that on the ground, um, you know, outside of that. So I think, uh, it, you know, I think that's just the position to watch sort of in the offseason, how they reshape that room. I think it's good, uh, you know, they have confidence in Samaje to do everything that they, you know, everything that they ask of him. You know, it's sort of a cliche quote from Zach that they, they talk about. But, I mean, today um, was obviously evidence of that, that he can be the number one guy, he can be a third down back, he can, you know, catch balls all the backfield and block and just a tremendous all-around effort uh, two weeks in a row from him. And, um, you know, in a, in a key situation without Joe Mixon. Yeah, and this is, I mean, this is one of those things you said you got to be able to run the ball. I don't, you know, nobody's going to mistake this team for a running team. Um, you know, you don't want to read too much into it, but um, especially because we all kind of assumed that Jamar was going to play. Um, right. But Zach seemed very, very confident um, in Jamar moving forward. Uh, you know, he got asked and he said, you know, it was just one of those things where, uh, I forget his exact words. Um, if one of you guys do, but it was uh, like the smart decision. Was, yeah, he said that's what he said. It was a smart, smart decision. decision. And I think you know he pra- he mentioned that he practiced three times already, uh, and he said I don't want to make any guarantees. And then the next word out out of his mouth was but. Um, <laughs> you know he was like I don't want to make any guarantees. But blah blah blah. So like you're gonna get Jamar back. Um, you're gonna get Jamar back over these next couple of games. It, uh, you would assume for the Kansas City game. So like you're not gonna go out there and run the ball down anybody's throat. But I think today was, like Mike said, proof of concept that, you know, you when it comes down to it, you can run the football because this team is going to need to throw it to beat the Chiefs. This team well, is going to need to throw it to beat the Bills. The, you know, the fourth quarter, you look back to the Jets game when they've needed to sort of run some clock. They've well, had to yeah, rely right. on Samadji. And they got enough to a production uh, to get inside the 20, uh, and then, you know, that, that said they, they were going to get the field goal, then there's that penalty. I mean, that happens because they, they kept carrying the ball, running more time off the clock and instead of having to throw it. And those are sort of key moments in those situations where um, just getting a little bit of production um, goes a long way in those situations. And Samaje right. did it. That's the second time he did it. He did it against, uh, you know, helped them run out the clock against the Jets. Uh, what was that, all the way back in week three? Yeah, it feels like forever ago, almost two and a half months ago, which is, Crazy to think, but yeah, you're right about that. And I mean, man, you know, we talk about, yeah, there's no Jamar Chase. And again, Burrow said this week, he knew who he was even without having Jamar Chase for, at that time, three, now the last four games. But I Was mean, Joe Burrow playing gamesmanship? Do you think that was a plan? Do you think it was all a, it was all a ruse? No. So you think no. he thought he was going to play? I think he actually thought Or you thought don't think that was play. planted in the media that way, that Zach was like, you go out and oh, tell him. Oh, I see what you, you mean. You go I out mean, and tell him that he's playing. I'm gonna walk it back just a little bit. To so okay, so let's so let's lay out know. let's lay out some CSI New York crimes here. It's not CSI. So it's, it's, so it's basically, so what we're saying is we'll that, CSI. what we're saying is that CSI option A option A is that Zach Taylor and Joe Burrow had a meeting where they said, hey, 
I think it'd be beneficial if we go out there and we say we think Jamar's going to play. Or, or, or just a wink, wink, like Joe Burrow. We know Jamar's not going to play, and then Joe Burrow's like, I got I don't this. know. He practiced three times this week. And Joe's like, like he's like, playing, even though they're like, he's not playing. He practiced three times this week. I, I don't know. I... I, I, I felt pretty good about him playing. Yeah. Talk about uh, investigative sure. journalism. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, like, one of the things that I really want to hit on, too, is that when this team needs points, they somehow muster the strength to go get it. Because, I mean, this team, they started out in, and I believe it was the first quarter, you had three possessions. Uh, you have a good drive negated by a penalty. Chris Evans, was it holding or a... It was or an a, offensive pass interference. Oh, yeah. um, so you, they had two in the game. So that kills a drive. And then your next three uh, dri- or next two drives, you gain a total of zero yards on six plays. Um, then you're down, and you go down the field, and you kick a field goal. Yeah. And get you get points there. Um, then you go on a 92-yard drive to score a touchdown to tie the game. Are you just going to read through the rest yes. of the box? This just is really fast. <laughs> so then, so and then, then, so you, and then the Titans right. walked on the field and they ran a play. So you you score a touchdown when you need it to tie it at 10. Then in the final two drives of the game, or I guess final three technically, you get a field goal and a touchdown. You really you are would have had a field you really goal. Are going like, you would have had a so all the what ifs and what right. how comes. You would have <laughs> had a field goal if if it weren't for that um, uh, roughing the snapper penalty that was called on the Titans. So like I, something that's kind of stood out to me here over these last couple of weeks is that when the Bengals need a drive, they get it. Like, yeah. Against the Steelers, they went on that ninety yard drive late. Renegade had just played; the crowd was into it, and all of a sudden you you silence him by going right down the field. Uh, when they needed one, the first one, the next one that comes to my mind, I know they lost this game, but Dallas, what was that like? A, was that a ninety-yard drive too? It was like an eighteen-play drive or something ridiculous? You guys like were there. They, I think that's what it when was. They, when they really needed, when their backs are not against the wall, but you, you you know really really need three or seven, they they go get it, and I think that that's kind of been really impressive to but me. You know what's weird too? When they win, they score more points than they opponent. Oh wow! Wow! Uh, Mind blowing. Play, Play by play, what happened right. on the final four plays of the game? Knees. <laughs> um, but no, they, you know, I, I think that that is, I, I mean, something that I asked uh, Ted Karras about, um, and it was like, what what allows this offense to kind of do that whenever you need points? And he was like, it, it's Burrow's demeanor. He's like, there's just something about him that kind of has this calm, um, this calming effect on the rest of the offense. Like Zach Taylor said in his post-game presser, like, we wouldn't trade this quarterback for anybody on the planet. And I think that when when you get down to it, you need drives like that throughout the rest of the season and if you get into the playoffs. I think the flip side to that, though, is that when they play teams like Buffalo and Kansas City that can score points in bunches, can they match up with can the they, Right, and that, that's going to be the big test I, because I, I, next week is the biggest thought, test of their year. You know, they've had to scrape and claw at times and, and really do a lot of different things to sort of get in the position to win these games. But when it, when you watch Patrick Mahomes and he's just kind of gliding across the around the field, just scoring points at will, does the Bengals have you know because they couldn't afford a stretch like that they had in the first quarter against Kansas City next week? They'll lose that game. I feel like. But going back to the point without Chase playing, I mean Higgins had his day last week and he has his day this week, and it makes you wonder. And this is kind of more of like an offseason question going up. That's what I'm saying. Like, I was kind of framing, like, the way you framed with Pirine and what the offseason will look like. I think with Higgins in the offseason, price of the brick is rising and rising and rising. I mean, he's done better. Man. I think there's film to counter that. I mean, he had a drop early. He was a non factor, really, in that first half, had the offensive 
pass interference as well. Um, I think at times, and it's hard to say, is that, are they going away from him? Or is he, is he not getting open at those times and then kind of coming through in the clutch? You know, like, why does he go quiet for so long? And, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see uh, it do other, what, how other teams view him. Um, what he does, will he be a restricted free agent first? Will they have a chance to lock him up beforehand? I don't know how it's going to be. No, he, he, so because he wasn't a first-round pick, uh, this is his third year. They can negotiate with him at the start of the new league year, I believe, which is in March. Yeah. Um, so he he has this year and then one more year after that. So then he can play out and wait for the open. You know, it, and yeah. you know, I think you'll get a sense of what he thinks or other teams think of him if he tries to get the deal now or waits to see if the price gets 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 driven up. Mom, I mean, when I negotiate. said price of the brick going up and you said the price of the brick is going up, did you know what I was referencing? The wire. Good for you. Right. Hey, I'm cultured, okay? I am cultured. I'm not from, like, that area of, like, Baltimore like you, but I'm, I'm cultured. I'm not from Baltimore. You don't You're know. from you the don't D.C., know. Virginia you don't, you don't area. Know me at all. You, well, you lived in Baltimore for a couple years. I lived in Baltimore for two years. There you go. There you go. But, yeah, like you said, I mean, they, they scraped for points when they needed to, and Higgins did it. And, I mean, I know Trent Irwin, we're not going to really hear his name now that Chase is coming back, but last week, the touchdown on third down. This week, the big catch on third down that... Uh, the catch that almost wasn't a catch, they had to review it because uh, Mike Vrabel challenged it, which I wouldn't blame him in that case. But, man, if, if this is what they were doing, I know we touched on this, but, like, really think about this. If this is what the Bengals could do without Jamar Chase, how much more wide open could this game have been with Jamar Chase? Because we saw what he did against the Titans last year, and it would have been no different, probably better today if he was 100%. Probably would have been, like, a 30-16 game versus what we had today. Um, the so I mean you kind of look at what their last couple of games were and like they're three and one without Jamar. Are they winning that Browns game with Jamar? I don't know. I, like, really? Or with Jamar? Excuse me. Like are, are they winning? Are they winning that Browns game with Jamar? Like you you destroy the Panthers. You get blown out by Cleveland. You blow out the Falcons, and then you win a tough fought game here. So you got two blowouts, one, or and then Pittsburgh. Um, yeah, tough so, fought. So like, or, I don't know. I, I wonder what, I wonder what, you know, impact that. I, I guess if, like for example, if he was in this lineup for the last couple of weeks, what kind of impact does he have? And then um, I think you're going to find out soon, which is why you need him back for the Chiefs game. That's my point. So, like, yeah, you know, I mean, this team's better with Jamar Chase. Well, right, obviously, but like, I don't know how much of an impact he would have had, like, or at least how much different. Like, they're seven and four right now. I don't know what their record. I don't know if their record's any better if Jamar Chase is in the yeah, lineup. No, no, no. Yeah, well, especially with the Browns game. I mean, honestly, and I and I told they were losing this. that Browns game whether Jamar Chase was in the right. Lineup or not. The Browns are just, you know, they could be three and seven, one and ten, four, five and five. That's just a bad matchup for Joe Burrow. It's just always been a bad matchup. You have Nick Chubb on one side, and you have Jadavion Clowney and Miles Garrett on the other. I mean, that, that's just a bad matchup for a lot of teams. And even the best teams, they just have that Achilles heel of an opponent. And like, I mean, I know a lot of the Browns fans are probably feasting on this, but that's just not a good matchup for the Bengals. But who knows? I mean, maybe we're wrong, and that changes when they come back because obviously they're going to have Deshaun Watson playing his second game of the season because he's back from his suspension. Well, that, that's not an excuse. Like, with all due respect, that like that. that no, it's not. But we'll, it's just going to be different because they're they're four and seven right now, 
and they play. Is Houston. this the Browns Insider Podcast? Right. Did we cover the Bengals. Today? They're they're five, they're four and seven right now, and they're going to play Houston next week. So that's five and seven. Like you can't lose. You can't lose to a team that like they could beat the the Texans and they could beat the Bengals, and they're still not five hundred. That's not a game that the Bengals can lose. No, so especially they, at yeah. this point in the year where you have to win at, yeah. over half of your games. I, I agree. That's why today was so big because. You play the Chiefs, and even if you lose the Chiefs, and we can get into the playoff discussion now because I know we're getting towards the end here. Like, you play the Chiefs next week. You lose that one, you're still 7-5. and five. Like, I tweeted this out after the game. What Nine wins, do we think that gets you in? I don't know. No, I don't. I don't it think so. It depends on the tiebreakers. I don't nine, think so. It's going to be close, but, like, right now... It's, it's, I'm not New saying it won't be for sure, but I don't feel good about it. So, like, the Chargers are playing right now as we talk, and they're winning... Um, so like, let's just Against say the Arizona. Chargers get to six and five. So you got two teams that are six and five that are currently on the outside looking in, and you play one of them, the Patriots, on Christmas Eve. Like, if you beat the Patriots and you win and you get to nine wins, nine might get you in there because you have the tiebreaker over the Jets. Um, the the Tennessee one doesn't matter now, but Buffalo and Miami are eight and three. Like, you're gonna have the tiebreaker over Miami. I mean, the maybe Buffalo, Buffalo. Game is really hard. Maybe so if you get to nine, you might do it, but. If you go, if you get to ten wins, you're probably in. You're almost certainly in, and that's a three and three finish. This team can finish three and three. By the way, it's funny that you mentioned that because I remember you said this over and over again that oh, the Ravens don't have any tough opponents. They got an easy they, schedule. Yeah, they do, and they lost. yeah, and they lost to the Jaguars. They peed down their leg today against. So the that goes to show you always talk about the NFL being a stupid league. Yep. You your point was proved today. You contradicted yourself, but also proved another point at the same time because. Look, they, they they don't have good opponents left, and the Jaguars are not good. But guess what? They still lost, so nothing is guaranteed. That means and let's not forget yeah, about now this it's part. a tie in top division. But here's the thing: the let's Ravens, not forget about the that. Ravens play the Broncos next week. They play the Steelers. Like they, their their schedule is not bad, and I get that they lost today. Um, but the Bengals have got to keep stacking wins. And don't because forget, if you want to have any chance of winning. They the barely division. beat the Panthers by ten. Yeah, at I, home, I, I, the I, Panthers. I, I, come I, on, you man. Keep saying that, I don't. I don't know. It's, Dude, it's the, the same team that the Bengals swept but, on right, the floor. But you, you're not going to lose the Panthers. Like no NFL team in history loses every week by thirty points. Like that, I understand just, that, but they're still a really bad team. Of course, they're not good, but it just that just doesn't happen. So my point is. Like the the Ravens, if, like I understand that they're seven and four right now. Both teams are, and I understand that they're going to play Week 18, but that can change very very quickly because, like Muhammad said, I know it. Like, and I know I said it's no excuse, but let's say you lose to the Chiefs and the Browns. Where are you if the if the Ravens go out and beat the Broncos and the Steelers? Two teams. But that's a what ready. if though. So, we don't know. Well, yeah, of course it's a what if. But I'm saying that that's why this this win mattered against the Titans because you've got to do whatever you can to keep it even going into the final week of the season because otherwise, you know, if the if the Bengals go two and three down the stretch, is two and three enough to make week week eighteen a win and you win the AFC North and you get a home playoff game? I don't know. I don't think so. Moral of the story, every win matters. But just to wrap up here, we do this after every game. And, of course, it's only fitting because the Bengals won. But game balls. I don't know who actually – I don't think Zach Taylor said who got the actual game ball. So we're just going to go into this blind not knowing who got the game ball. So either you guys want to go first or – Mike, you go first. I just went on a rant. No, I want to hear hear more. Uh, My game ball is going to Cam Taylor Brick. Um, I think that he was kind of a good uh, example of what I meant when I said that this team kind of they played to- uh, team total defense today. Um, everyone was involved in the physicality. Cam Taylor Britt had nine tackles, or excuse me, eight tackles. Uh, he had the forced fumble where he had a really good hustle back on the play to uh, to go get 
Derrick Henry coming from the opposite side of the field, hawked the ball, uh, forced a fumble that actually the Titans did recover. Uh, but I thought that that was really good effort. I think the Cam Taylor-Britt, if nothing else, you know, in his rookie season, you've seen that he's not afraid to stick his head in there and, uh, and, and be physical. And against a team like that, that's exactly what you needed because, you know, you could talk about the defensive line and the linebackers and everybody playing physical – but if Derrick Henry gets a full head of steam, this is, he's a really, really tough running back to stop. So I thought that uh, Cam Taylor-Britt gets a game ball from me. I'll go next. I think the game balls for me will have to be... Game balls or sing- singular or plural? Do you have another game ball? No, you, I had... you said game balls, so I was like, were we supposed to do... Well, it's up ball? to you. I was Violating like... the rules of... Yeah, the yeah. You if you have another one, go ahead. No, I, I meant no. to say game balls. No, no, no I, said, I think he's just saying you can't... I, didn't, have I don't multiple. have another one, but you said plural. You, you, you said game balls. You like, you had, like you had... I meant plural. game balls from each of us. Okay. That's what I meant. Okay. I'm sorry. So I was going to say... I didn't know if I I didn't know if I was doing it wrong. Go ahead. No, you're good. Um, and if you have another one, chime in. But for me, I would say my game balls go to Sam Hubbard and DJ Reader. Hubbard had a sack... What's so you funny? You just said you weren't going to give multiple, then you gave multiple. <laughs> I didn't. No, I said we have you game cheated. balls. You cheated. You have to. You can only give one. No, you got one. You can only give one. We have game balls. So what? No, no, who no. are your game balls? Plural S. No, you can't give two. You have to pick one. Pick one of them. You gotta, okay. you gotta pick one of them. All right, then I'm gonna go DJ Reader. I mean, okay, I mentioned him earlier. He had, like I said, his first true game back after playing a little bit against Pittsburgh. Two swatted passes yep. really set the tone. And I know I mentioned Sam Hubbard, but part of why Sam Hubbard had so much room to operate is because the pocket was collapsing for Tannehill, due in part to, you know, what Reader did in tandem with BJ Hill. So yeah, I mean, there's a reason why he was one of the highest graded pass rushers before he got hurt in Week Three. There's a reason why he's playing just as good, if not better, than he did. The first two weeks of this season and that playoff stretch last year where he also had a big game against the Titans in that playoff game. So he knows a thing or two about stopping Derrick Henry and, of course, Ryan Tannehill. Uh, I'll give mine to uh, Samaje, um, but not for his whole performance, just for the stiff arm. That stiff arm was like Madden-esque, like motion capture. Like that was really good. You couldn't draw it up. Better. It was on the first play of the game, I think. Was it the first play? It was their first offensive play. And it was yeah, that like, screen it was pass. Long. Yeah, and it was the guy that Brian Callahan is that is like the greatest defender, upcoming defender in like college in uh, NFL in the NFL, and like he planted him on the ground, uh, like he like he was you know just nothing. Just not the description and, you just uh, mentioned. It was it was it was very cool play. Um, the replay. Somebody posted the replay. And it was like a slow motion. Uh, reverse view of it, and it was just a very pretty football play. So that's my that's my game ball. Very very pretty. Very and so just very one play, one ball, one person. That's how one game, game, one win. Right, right, exactly. One win, one game at a time. And again, as we go a game at a time, stay with us this week. We're going to talk a lot more about the Bengals' upcoming matchup with the Kansas City Chiefs. We've said before, every game is a must win. But when you're playing the top team in the AFC, it's a pretty big deal. But once again, for myself, Andrew Gillis, and Mike Nizek, I'm Muhammad Ahmad. So long from Nashville. We'll see you next week. Until then, take care.